Real people. Real opinions. Real Talk Radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. A new transport project is looking at a range of options around the removal of all existing road tolls or even the introduction of charging motors for using roads throughout the National Road Network. Project Bruce, what a great name, which is, actually stands for uh, Better Road User Charging Ev- Evaluation, which is being led by the Transport Infrastructure Ireland, has four options on the table as part of its work for the future of the country's road network. And according to the internal presentation, these are removal of tolls on all roads subject to public-private partnership, maintaining the toll system as is, pricing all motorways and connected dual carriageways, and pricing the entire national road network. Essentially what they're saying is, let's put it on car tax and other taxes rather than charging people at the tolls. Now the presentation uh, to the uh, TAI board last year said it would be looking closely at successful uh, existing schemes for tolling and congestion charges in Singapore, Hong Kong, Norway, London, all of which, can I point out, have a very good public transport system. It said the objectives of the Project Bruce were encouraging transport decarbonisation and securing the national road network as a financial, resilient and well-maintained economic asset. And the project also aims to deliver reliable, enhanced rural and regional connectivity to drive economic growth, but without any major expansion of the national road network. Seems like a lot of words to me, but however. Proposed to tax all motors and abolish road tolls have been described as anti-rural, by the way. And uh, charging for the use of the entire road network is being considered by the Transport Infrastructure Ireland. But if approved, this would remove all the existing toll charges on the road and would see all motors being charged for using the national road network as a whole. In other words, uh, increasing your car tax or your motor tax. Now, the independent TD for Kerry... Michael Healy-Ray says drivers are already paying too much tax and this penalises rural drivers. And he joins me now to talk a little bit more about it and I also want to speak to Donald Cooney, who's a Green Party councillor. Good evening or good afternoon to you both. Um, Let me go to Michael Healy-Ray first if I can. Michael, you know, something I suppose has to be done according to this project, Bruce, and they believe this is a better option to charge for the road network that thereby we can maintain it better uh, and everybody pays a little bit, I suppose. Well, you see, sometimes people have to justify their position by saying, well, we have to do something. Well, I'd actually disagree. No, we don't have to do anything. Because the motorists of Ireland at present are screwed and penalised and demonised and haunted enough. You take 10 euros worth of diesel or petrol, over 7 euros is going on taxes between excise duties, VAT, and all of that. When they buy a vehicle, the amount of BRT, VAT, and other taxes, that is on that vehicle is frightening. When they're buying their tyres, paying their road tax, paying their insurance, people are really paying it off. And you can only squeeze people so much. And I really think it's about time that people said stop. We have to mobilise. For example, we have to move. We can't all have work at home. We can't all have work outside our door. In an ideal world, it would be great if we did. We don't all have public transport. So we have to be able to move. And this, of course, is an anti-rural move. It will suit the Green But, it will, but it will encourage some people to, you know, hop on their bicycle or use public transport where it's available to them. I understand the point that you're making, that not everybody has the option of, of public transport. But I suppose when you're bringing in legislation or you're, you're bringing in public policy, it's a kind of blunt instrument, isn't it? 
Well, if you're working, oh, sorry, if you're living in Port McGee or Caratabine and you're working for Fexico, who's a very good employer in Calarcan, and if you were told in the morning at 6 or 7 o'clock, well, get up your bicycle there and cycle away at Calarcan, it wouldn't exactly work. <laughs> and you know, if you... would be tired by the time you get there, that's for sure. You would. <laughs> and what, what I would say to Transport Infrastructure Ireland, for example, if they started doing what they're supposed to be doing, and if they looked at, for instance, the condition of our roads at present, there's a section of the Ring of Kerry Road today between Caratibine and Waterville, which is absolutely in a disgraceful condition with potholes. If they were really interested in motorists, they'd be making sure that we have a proper road surface. And they wouldn't be talking about taxing and penalising us anymore, because I believe that people have had enough. Yes, the Green Party would like to put us all on bicycles. Yes. They would like to put us back to the 40s of the 50s. But I'm not going back to the 40s of the 50s for the Green Party or for anybody else. For okay, well, 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 hang on for a second. In relation to that, Donna Cooney is Green Party councillor. Donna, you know, this may benefit people who are living in a city and paying a lot of tolls. And they might say, well, look, it's better for me to pay an extra 30 euro motor tax than pay 100 euro or 200 euro a year in tolls. But for a lot of people, you know, and including Michael Healy Ray and many people from rural Ireland, they're saying this is anti-rural Ireland. Well, there isn't actually any government decision on this, so I, I'm, I'm not sure exactly where it's coming from. But, I mean, in terms of measures to do with congestion charging and things, it's a range of measures we may need to look at because particularly where there is, you know, road space um, is at a premium. Um, you do have, you know, um, it doesn't suit anybody to have traffic jams um, coming into the city at commuter times. Um, you know, so that doesn't suit any road users being on a bicycle, working uh, public transport um, when you can't get the, the, the buses in. So, you know, um, congestion charges are, are probably a range of measures. I'm talking from a Dublin perspective, not a sort of a national perspective. Well, we have um, to look at it from a national other, perspective. Other, that, yeah, otherwise, it would be unfair on the do, people of yeah, Dublin, wouldn't another, it? On a national perspective, I think we can, if you're looking at, I mean, and this is just my view, if you're looking at, at congestion charges or charging for a road usage like car usage as opposed to car ownership you know so people who are say you know leave their car at home and then uh, decide to cycle or take the public transport um, you know there should be more of an incentive for that as opposed to saying well you're charging so much uh, I mean when you look at when you look at this suggestion you know what I mean but Donna just for a second when you look at this suggestion but you use is, is lower, you know. Okay, when you look at this suggestion, which is from Transport and uh, Infrastructure Ireland, this is part of their proposals, right? And they talk about the congestion charge as well, and they say they're looking at places like Singapore, Hong Kong, Norway, and London. I mean, it's very disingenuous to look at cities and capital cities around the world that have a massive public transport system and a wonderful public transport system in most of those places that I just mentioned and compare that to Dublin, Cork, Limerick or Galway because we don't have those public transport systems. There are people, for example, in Dublin who live on one side of the city, have to work on the other and they go in their car, it takes them 20 minutes. If they were to use public transport, it would take them two and a half, three hours because they to get two to three different buses, even with the bus connect. So the idea that you're not giving people an option it's almost like the, the policies that are coming in are not incentivising, but they're punishing people. Well, I don't think you can get across the city. If you can get across the city <laughs> in rush hours, uh, you know, uh, in a car in 20 minutes, uh, you know, I don't know where, where you must have, a, you know, <laughs> a chitty chitty bang bang or something because it's, it's not, you know, it's not possible. And that's why a lot of people are are actually taking to the bicycle just for convenience and speed. But when we do have, I mean, the investment in public transport 
was not there um, before, you know, 2020. And it has been radically altered now. And we have a lot of new buses coming online, new dart, new, new darts. Uh, new public transport and in, in rural areas now the subsidised um, you know um, like subsidised taxis or whatever cars that you, people can, can hire are, are there now as well which will allow people at social life and to get to here and there as well so they can okay. go out for a few drinks and get a subsidised um, you know um, you know when, whatever uh, lift okay. home well, you know, let, let's so Let's tackle what Michael Healy Ray said, and I'll give him a chance to respond to all the, everything you said in a second. But he said that basically the Green Party are anti-rural Ireland. They're anti-car. They want us all on bicycles, and they want to take us back to the 1940s and 50s. How would you respond to that? They want us all on bicycles, but we do think that it's a really good option to reduce, and more and people, more and more people are actually choosing that option because um, if they have a segregated safe cycling beside them, they're using that option. It's happening in Paris, it's happening in London, it's happening around the world. Um, and it's not about bringing people back because, you know, now people can use e-bikes, which means that it can bring them longer distances. You know, there's all sorts of adapted bikes, um, you know, and cargo bikes so people can bring the family and the kids and get the shopping. And it's about a range of measures. Not everybody's going to be able to cycle, but you want to give people that choice. But are you really giving that people that choice when you tax them for not doing it? Because that seems to be the plan going forward constantly all the time, that unless you're willing to, I suppose, adhere to the new policies... Uh, that the Green Party have suggested or that the Green Party would support, well, then you would be punished otherwise with taxes because that seems no, to be what's actually, happening, it, isn't it? Well, no, it would actually be that, that um, sorry, unless you do that, you'd be punished with taxes. People well, well that seems to be the way, isn't it? Taxes, and that's not about their road use. They're paying taxes to do with their the level. No, we've seen environmental you know, taxes go on to diesel and petrol. You know, yeah, they're environmental taxes, and that's necessary. We, you know, we have climate change. We have issues with around air pollution, asthma. There's all a range of issues, you know, that okay. we have around that. So, I mean, it's necessary that we do that. Transport is is a you know really really big emitter of, of CO two, and we have a climate. Um, plan now in law, and we must follow that. Okay, let me um, let me well, let me let go back to Michael on that. To think of okay. and even our own future. <laughs> okay, let me let me just go back to Michael Healy. Right? Michael, get with the program. Essentially, you know, I mean, the Green Party have suggested in the past that they want to remove twenty percent. Well, Eamon Ryan said twenty uh, percent of vehicles off the road by 20, 2030. You need to get with the program. We need to think of the planet, and all of these measures are all part of doing that and getting with that policy, that climate policy. Are you not with the program, Michael? Well, I'll, I'll take a very short length of time to answer this. Maybe 60 seconds or maybe less. First of all, in the county that I represent, I don't have the loop. I don't have uh, any type of transport like that. That's number one. But you can buy a bicycle. Well, no. Okay, I'll take to just my for, bicycle. Just for cycling around the town I'm talking about. Okay, I'll take to my bicycle. So, And the first thing I'll do is I'll add to the hospital waiting list because I'll be suffering from pleurisy or pneumonia <laughs> in a very short length of time. That's the second answer to that. <laughs> now, the other thing... There's a man on my road, Jackie. Oh, God, I'm took up cycling when he was 80. Went, sorry, go right ahead. God, I don't think you'll get sorcy. Come on, you know. You're made of hardier stuff from that and Kerry, I'm sure, you know. <laughs> when we're finished now, you can let me add it. Go on, Michael, go on. Okay, right. I want to give you an example of what the Green Party do. In Tralee Town, during the very cold spell of weather, they came out with these announcements... Whatever you do, please do not light cozy fires because you're damaging the environment around Tralee. 
Now, they were basing that on uh, readings, recordings that they were getting that we had a problem in Tralee with smog and with all of this. Now, there was only one thing, and it took a little bit of detective work by me to find out. The monitoring station, in other words, where the Green Party were getting their information from, was a unit, and guess where it was located? Right next to where the emissions from a wood-burning stove were coming out, which was owned by Get Who, our local authority. So they were basing the information that they were getting and saying that we had a problem in Tralee, which we actually didn't have, on false readings because of where this apparatus was located. Yeah, I'm, Michael, I'm not suggesting I agree with everything from the Green Party, so but, but, is it, but is the aim not to have cleaner air? air? Because if you're cycling around in the smog, is it? <laughs> Is the, my, Michael, is the aim not to have... I mean, look, I'm, I'm with it to some extent, you know, and I understand the point that Don is making too. But, but what I'm saying is, but is the aim for everybody, whether you're into climate change or you're not into climate change or whether you believe this or believe that, I mean, the aim is, I suppose, to have cleaner air to some degree. I mean, every year, 1,500 people die in this country because of unclean air in general. Now, you know, we could continue doing that for the next 20,000 years if you want to. That's grand, sure. It'll probably just get worse anyway. So, but is the aim not just to make it a little bit better for everybody? And if we can all do a little bit, you don't have to believe in stuff, but if we all do a little bit, I suppose that includes certain charges that might discourage us from doing the wrong thing, um, so be it. Now, I'm not necessarily saying I agree with getting rid of peace and all those other things, but it, because people need it if they don't have money to heat their homes. But is the aim not just to make it a little bit of a better place to live in? But I would be all for that. But why don't we do real things? Why don't we do real meaningful things? For instance, why don't we come out and say, yes, there should be no more plastic containers holding milk? Why don't we go back to when people had bottles? I wouldn't, disagree. I wouldn't disagree with that. Yes, like, why don't we have the Green Party come out with sensible suggestions like that? Well, but we I mean, did campaign against getting rid of the glass bottles. Um, you know, we weren't in government I, and we weren't in power at the time. There's no glass bottle uh, factory anymore, so we, we're not producing uh, glass bottles to put the milk in. So, the, like, we can't, you know what I mean? That's about undoing that. We, had we been in government at the time, it possibly wouldn't have happened. Um, but we are bringing in the circular economy. We're getting rid of single-use plastic. That's happening at a European level. Um, you know, people are going now with the deposit scheme. So there are a whole range of measures um, that are being done that, you know, is, is, is really forwarding that, that agenda because we are in, in, in a climate crisis, you know, whether you like it or not, and we can make a better world in the future. Um, yes. You know, uh, which it doesn't of, need to be, as you say, it doesn't need to be I gone back. If I can't you know, say anything. Okay, well, okay, go on, Michael. Get, get a word in. Go on, no one, go right, on. Okay. I want right. to be fair to you. I just want to make this point. This lady is coming from a discredited group, and I'll tell you why. These are the same group of people who told us we should stop producing peat briquettes in Ireland, and they did. So what are we doing now? We're selling every bit as many peat briquettes, but guess what? They're being imported from Germany. That yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more. It doesn't make any sense. It was bored in No, no, hang on, John. I let him finish what he wants to say because a lot of people are talking about this very much at the moment. I know we're going off the topic a little bit, but this is the same party who forgot about seventeen thousand people full time and ten thousand people part time who work in our great horticultural industry. We have ex- we had excellent peace to help us with our with that horticultural industry, which was used for all the different uh, tomatoes and all the different vegetables and all the different plants that we need. And what do they do? 
stopped us producing our excellent product, but we are still using the exact same amount of heat, but we're importing that from Lafayette. Now, could this lady please explain to me how those failed, foolish, nonsensical policies make sense? There was no joined up thinking, and it's the same thing that would want to toll our roads. When, once I hear it being suggested, and once I hear the Green Party saying, oh, yes, that's a great idea, right away, my alarm bells go off, and I think to myself, oh, my God, if the Greens are supported, obviously they haven't thought it through <laughs> because they haven't given it proper care and consideration. Okay. I, I, and, you know, and Donna, just to wrap this up, because I have to wrap it up a second, but in relation to all of these plans in, in, from Infrastructure Ireland and Project yeah. Bruce and the Green Party, and we talked about the peas, we've talked about everything. A lot of, well, hang on, Donna, let me, let me just finish the question. A lot of these plans really don't take everybody into consideration. They seem to be extreme blunt instrument plans. It doesn't take yeah. into consideration, for example, people who have to heat their homes. It doesn't take into consideration people who are selling turf or peat, which what happened last year, of course. They, this very suggestion that you might put somebody in jail for taking something out of the ground and burning, it seems bonkers. And, and Michael makes a really good suggestion. Sure, we're importing it and selling it anyway. So There's it, it a does, lot of misinformation with the, an agenda that is to try and sort of somehow, you know... Um, go along with some sort of populist view that the, the Greens are, you know, are, are doing all these things. In fact, it's not. We you know we have a very holistic way of doing this. And it's really, you know, is a plan. It was Bordemone who decided to stop, um, you know, uh, producing um, peat and, and briquettes. Uh, there's a huge amount of money that we've got from Europe now for all that area for a just condition to move um, for employment for those areas, for people to start up enterprises. The people are not being forgotten about. And these, um, you know, bog lands are being re-wetted and, you know, rewilded and put back to nature, which will be beautiful places and, and lovely for, for, for ecotourism and for areas, you know, that, 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 you know, we have, what we have with the, in our bog is, is unique around the world. They're also um, carbon sinks. So we, we put back and we wet them, they become carbon sinks. So instead of doing the opposite. And as for, you know, there are alternatives to peat in terms of horticulture, horticulture um, you know, so... Um, that there isn't actually any need for that. But we're still, so, yeah, but we're still importing it. Thrown out. And nobody was going to be arrested either for burning turf. You know, your granny, it was very clear your granny was not going to be arrested for burning turf, but people still kept coming out with that rhetoric, which is just a load of nonsense. But people, of nonsense. you're missing the main point that he made, that people are still burning it, people are buying it now and we're importing it. Meanwhile, <laughs> Irish farmers are exporting it. It doesn't make any sense. They, they don't need to use peat. They can use other... I'm not asking you that. I'm saying people have chosen... that. Many people around the country, particularly during the energy crisis, have been basically decided to continue burning the peat. And what they're doing is they're buying imported peat from another country while Irish farmers and Irish growers are basically exporting it. That doesn't make sense. Oh, you, you're mixing up the, 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 the cop, whatever, the peat for the mushroom growing, for the horticulture with the, 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 the uh, people burning. That um, was that you couldn't sell, um, you couldn't sell um, peat that was extracted for burning in your local shops and your garages and things like that. And I know um, the Healy Rays have those businesses that sell those, but you can't sell those, um, you know, uh, anymore. But you could you know, um, give some to your neighbour. You could use your own. Um, and German, and the German people can burn Irish peat if they want. 
No, so, we're not exporting peas anymore. Well, but, we're not, and, and, and we're not exporting peas. And, and the board of Namola were the people who decided no longer to extract okay. Um, okay. peas. So it was a good thing, a good okay. policy, and the just condition will mean that people will actually have, you know, good livelihoods in in these communities. Okay. Fi- final word, Michael. Just before you go, I like to give you the final word, and I hope you don't get pleurisy on a bicycle. But uh, final word, <laughs> okay. Michael. Go on before you go. The Green Party, if we'll follow them. We'll follow ourselves into the abyss because we all will finish up with pleurisy and pneumonia. <laughs> because I have no intention of telling a person blowing billion childhood, get up on your bicycle and go away to work. We have very little employment in places like that. People have to move to get to work. I don't see the tram or the Lewis coming to South Kerry in the near future or to North Kerry or mid Mother of God, could anybody ever tell you when you're going on the radio, maybe when somebody else is talking, that you might give yourself a small rest and take a breath and leave somebody else get a little more dinner. Oh, okay. If it's all right. Yeah, Ma- Michael, finish finish what you were going to say. I'll, Come on. I'll finish. And do what can do. Let her talk away there for the next half hour and promote her failed policies. We know what the Greens have done to us. We know what they want to do with us. But I'm not going to lie down for the Green Party or anybody else that wants to penalise and scrupulise us more than what we already are. People only want to get on with leaving. And we have to think about today as well. And remember, the best custodians of the environment are the people who own it. In other words, our farmers. Because i never seen anybody taking a farm into the grave with them. They want to nurture it and they want to make it better. And, and they have to go out, the, out, they for, have to for go out the generations. on the Island, but they don't okay. get touristy when they're standing in the fields looking after their, their, their farm, do they? Oh, well, I hope no. Listen, on that note, I hope nobody gets pleurisy, by the way. Uh, Michael Healy, I appreciate you coming on the air as usual. Thank you very much indeed. And Donna Cooney from the Green Party, Green Party Council, thank you very much indeed for joining us. Uh, we didn't really get to the bottom of exactly what we wanted to talk about. We went off on a few tangents there, but anyway, I thought it was in interesting. Poor old Michael Haley Ray. I hope he doesn't get pleurisy if he decides to cycle a bike. Anyway, I'm asking you, would you agree, you've heard what Donna Cooney said in relation to policies in general. And this particular policy, by the way, is a suggestion uh, from Project Bruce, and it's from Infrastructure Ireland. And, and I suppose the suggestion is that we get rid of the tolls and we put it on some motor tax. Or that we have a, I suppose, a, a, a charge for using the road network as a whole, rather than paying a toll. I want to know what you think. The number is 87 Would you be in favour of that? All right, let me go to Greg. Greg, you're on Ireland's Classic Kids Radio. How are you doing, Greg? How are you doing? Good. You never heard the conversation before the break between Michael Healy Ray and Donald Cooney from the Green Party. We didn't really get much information from it, but it was entertaining, apart from anything else. Uh, Greg, the idea of, I suppose, you know, charging everybody for road usage. Look, we already have that idea. It's called motor tax. But they want to increase that to get rid of tolls. Is that a good idea? Well, I was saying earlier, what you should do is do away with road tax altogether, put it on petrol, then if you have people who drive just a little bit, like the lady who goes down to the shopping once a week, pays a little bit of petrol. If you're people who come from the north, or people who drive foreign cars, all pay for the road to to use the road if you put it on, on petrol. That was a suggestion going back about 15 years ago, if I remember rightly, by one of the political parties here. Um, and I know it had been done in other countries. I think they do it in Australia and places like that. But here's the problem that you're going to have. It may penalise people too, because you take me, for example. I spend €650 Euro on diesel a week because I come a long way to work. So really, what will happen then is I will get penalised just because I work further away, from, or I live further away from my job. Uh, but if you drive an economical car or get a hybrid, then you'll be saving. Mm. It's what the Green Party want, which is so everyone who's bought a hybrid like me, 
you're going to put the road tax up for, you know, I suppose it's, it's a hard thing. I know, but I'm sitting here now, and I can see out of the 20 cars, I was just counting, 11 of them have got yellow registrations. Yeah. They're not paying any road tax, and like more than half the cars here... And also this well, well, you, you could equally argue if you go up to Newry, uh, you know, there are many cars up there that would have Irish registrations. So, and they're not paying road tax for using British roads. So that, that's, I don't think that's an argument. Yeah, well, no, but if there's cars that are down here, there's a lot of cars coming from north every day. Yeah, they do, there, there are people who are doing here. business, yeah. Well, not just the business. There's a lot of people, people living here that drive Yenna Reg and get away with it. I'm just saying that they, they will pay towards the, the roads that they're using. The same as if you go up to the, the north and you, you drive, you pay for the petrol up there, you're paying towards their road costs. You, you've got VRT, you know, you've got the taxes. They, they, it's, ex, it's expensive enough here at the moment. But the, the, the problem, the, I, think, I think the main problem you're going to see with your plan, and you know what, it wouldn't have been too far away from you in that line of thinking going back 15, 20 years ago when petrol wasn't as expensive or diesel as it is now. But with the cost currently of diesel somewhere between 170 and 2 euro floating constantly all the time, I mean, to put an extra cost on it, and it would have to be substantial, I think uh, 15 years ago they worked it out to get the same amount of money on motor tax out of diesel and petrol, it would be something like 18 cents on the litre. Now, that's a substantial rise from what we've already got. I mean, that could be very, that could break the, the bank for somebody. I mean, if you were living in rural Ireland, for example, and make, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I think that would be really unfair. And if you live in a city, it's easy enough because you're not going too far. But if you live in rural Ireland, that would be quite hefty. Would it not? Sorry, Greg. Was that not supposed to be cancelled after it paid for itself? What do you mean? Well, they, the cost of it, you know, you were, I know it's all done by toll, the, the, the bridge there on the M50, that apparently once it had paid for itself, ah, yeah. they were going to do away with the toll, and now it's breaking it in there. Oh, I know. Well, the they, they, well, it's owned by the, the NRA. But, and the same with the, the, the toll here is, you know, on the, the Eastlink toll as well. So when that was, or if you're going to Galway or anything like that. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they should, they should, once they have redeemed the money that it costs to build the road or whatever, the, the bridge or whatever it happens to be, it should be handed back to the state again. That was the whole principle behind all that, but it never happened because they're making too much well, money. But that's, in the middle of this, they took that congestion charge. You're going to attack people, some people need their car for work. Mm. If you're, if you're business or or, you know, driving a van or, or whatever, using your tools or some more people. So, I mean, they're just going to... You can't tax your way out of recession or tax your way but, out of... Yeah, but, but you're suggesting put it on petrol. That's that's a, that's another tax, isn't it, essentially? Well, but if you've done away with the, with the road tax and, low, you know, sort of cut the bit on petrol, sort of took it off petrol, yeah. that people who use the roads are not registered... No one could so avoid... So the more you use the roads, the more you pay, in other words, essentially. Well, yeah. yeah. But then, then no one could avoid it. People can't avoid pain. Oh, okay. Well, well, hang on. Let me go to Pat as well. Pat, you're on Ireland's Classicist Radio. Pat, this suggestion was used many, many years ago. It's not a bad idea Greg has, but there are problems with it. I mean, you know, people who are professionals would have to be able to claim it back in tax and stuff like that. But, you know, adding the money to the petrol or diesel rather than, you know, charging everybody for usage of the roads. Um, I I think they deal with that in some countries anyway. Australia, I think they do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I'd like to just make a point there, you know, about all of this whole thing that looking to put in, it's basically what it is, it's just an end of the tax to us, the drivers, right? Mm. You know, the Greens, I call the Greens the Khmer gloss, right? Mm. Rather than the Khmer rules, the gloss is in green. Yeah. They want us back to the year bloody zero. That, that seems to be the whole thing, right? 
you have and you have that clown, right? The leader of the Green Party circling in the walk with the bloody ministerial car behind him. Now, give, give me a break, will you? <laughs> right. now, I don't know whether he has the car behind him all the time, Pat. He, he does. He has to. He has to have security reasons, right? Now, if, if they were serious about this, if this was a whole thing to do with, you know, cutting down on emissions and all the rest and like, getting people out of cars, the first thing they would have done was that they make public transport free. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, sorry, I'll tell a lie. Second would have been that. Before well, like, but no, sorry, lo- just for interrupting you, but lo- sorry for interrupting you, but loads of people are texting in saying, do I really pay 6 a week? I meant the month. I clearly don't pay per week, sorry. Go ahead, sorry. Well, this, so first of all, it's put a decent public transport system in that works. Mm. People, and that, look, I'm driving a taxi. And the amount of times during the week that I've had people, uh, picking people up, right, that are waiting for a bus, trying to get into work, and it just doesn't turn up. Mm-hmm. Right, and and look, your woman. That I don't know who she was there at the green. Donna Cooney. Donna Cooney, right? Jeez. Contarf, she on, yeah, she, Contarf. She made a point there. Yeah, she made a point there about um, what was it about uh, people? Uh, how they get across that the city in Russia, right? In, in an hour, you know, in less than an hour, twenty minutes or whatever. Everyone doesn't go across the city in, in Russia. Yeah, no, I, well, I, I, I think that was the point I was making to her. Yeah, there's no everyone doesn't use traffic just in Russia, and. I can tell you now, people who have to get two and three buses. I personally, when I was driving trucks, I was walking out of the park. I'd be in work at five in the morning. And getting from Sarge into there was impossible. Yep. I had to have a car. So why would I be penalised for having to, having to have something? I couldn't cycle in and out the Sarge. You know what I mean? You go in and you're doing a ten. Well, they, well, they have the Sarge Express now, haven't they? But, how, but that wasn't there at five o'clock in the morning. It's still not. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And anyway, it doesn't get down to the park. Well, it stops off at the, 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 uh, the three arena, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, but then you're going down to the part itself, like down the end, and you know, this, I think there's a bus goes down there every two weeks or something. I don't know. <laughs> every two you know. weeks. No, no, I get it. And, and by the way, you, you're 100 percent right. There are people across this country, across the city, who need to use their cars because public transport is just not an option for them. I know that. Well, well I'll make a point too as well. There are other people using these electric bikes and electric scooters and all the rest. Oh, but they be hard to get them out. They haven't legislated for them. Why haven't they legislated for them? They're, they're on the road illegally. They haven't given, they, they, they can't, these people, anyone out there on an electric scooter or whatever, an electric bike, it's a motorised vehicle, they shouldn't be on the road without tax, without insurance, without having a licence. Couldn't agree with you They don't know the bloody rules of the road. I, the, the law, unfortunately, the law around scooters and electric bikes is kind of on hold at the moment, so nobody's yeah. actually being arrested for it. But they're yeah. on the road. Well, I know, no, I know, I know, but judges are in, there's a bit of a grey area now in relation to that since um, the Minister for Transport suggested that the legislation was going to be changed and two test cases were brought before the court and the judge wouldn't make a decision on it because he didn't really, he couldn't because, you know, because the Minister of Transport had already said they're not a motorised vehicle. So, uh, anyway, getting getting back to well, what we were talking about. Okay, well, hang on. Firstly, let, let's see what Craig's suggestion. The ro- sorry, the road tolls, no, just a quick one. Yeah. The road tolls. The companies around these that we're paying the tolls to. The NRA. They do not yeah. contribute. No, no, no. There's, there's a company there that owns say, the, the likes of the, the N50 there, the toll on the N50 and the rest of them. They do not contribute anything towards repairs on the roads. We, we pay for that. And these people have to be earning X amount a year or the, the government subsidizes them. Now, where would you be going with that? We paid for the, these roads to be built, most of it. And yet, these people, we have to pay them to make money. 
Well, who you're paying is, and this is who the report today is, is by Transport Infrastructure Ireland, who, by the way, were formerly known as the National Road Authority, the NRA. Um, and they're the ones who look after these roads or who take the charge on these particular tolls. Oh, I know you pay money. it through eFlow or wherever money. it is. Taxpayers' money. Taxpayers' yeah. money. Going to private companies. Oh, it was taxpayers. It was taxpayers' money that was used to build all these roads. Yep. Yes. Well, the money came well, from yes, the EU, didn't it, most of it? These companies took over, taking the tolls, they're not paying anything towards the maintenance of the roads. Well, they are. They're, they're well, not, hang on. Well, well, the well, well, hold on. The, well, the NRA have to maintain the roads on the money they receive. They, they do not own the tolls. They, well, they do. No, it's no, the National they, Transport the National Transport Authority. They do not own... It's own Transport own. Infrastructure Ireland, who was formerly the NRA. Same company. No, the companies that actually own the tolls, the toll companies. Mm-hmm. You find that the company that owns the... Uh, now, we own the East Link, okay? But we don't own the N50. And there's a Spanish company, I think, that owns the, the other ones going down, the Lucha down the M3 and all the rest of them heading down the road. Well, no, it's, it, no, no it is. It's Trans, Transport Infrastructure Ireland. Now, the, the toll income from the M50 goes to Transport Infrastructure Ireland, formerly the NRA. And uh, in its annual report, I think, from last year, I think they recorded profits or total income of somewhere, but somewhere, um, don't quote me, between 150 and 200 million, right? You had a government paying subsidy to them. Sorry? Is that the NRA, not an Irish? An Irish entity. Well, it is. Well, it's again. I want to point out the NRA is gone. It, they're now called Transport Infrastructure Ireland. Wait, same same organisation. Yes. But then why are the Irish governments with taxpayers' money subsidising them? They had to deal with during the COVID because there wasn't as many people using the roads, obviously, and they didn't make the, the projected profits they normally make. So this, the government had to, to uh, step in. Them. Yeah, that's the right. Profit. Yeah. Right. So who were they? If that's yours, if, if we own it, then why are we subsidising it? Okay, in relation to the East Link Bridge as well, that was meant to be given back to the Irish people, it never was. Um, and, and most oh, yeah, of these... The council owns that. The council owns yeah. that. Yeah, I know, yeah, yeah, but, the, the yeah, but it, was supposed to be, it was supposed to be free uh, after mm. 10 years. Never happened. Yeah. Okay, but, okay, but let's just deal with the situation we have at the moment. They're trying to make it a better place by suggesting that everybody pays a small... In other words, some people use tolls more than others, so they pay a bigger slice of the pie. They're trying to make it equal so as everybody pays the same amount. Is that and fair? What about the poor people who don't go out on the main road? Oh, yeah, no, people who will never, will never see, never see a motorway. There are people you know, who, have, there are people in this country who've never used a toll in their life. I, I get exactly, that. And I probably never will. I'm way keen to lose them. All right, okay, fair point. Okay, keep texting, keep what's happening. The number's 087-188-0008. Just going back to the confusion that Robbie mentioned, of course, the Eastlink Bridge. Now, the Eastlink Bridge, I think, is one of the only ones that's now in po- full public ownership. Uh, but all the income, of course, goes to Dublin City Council. Uh, all the other roads, including the M50, and just to give you the exact figure on that, by the way, it was £157 million in 2021. By the end of 2021, that's what they made. Uh, on all the tolls across the country. And out of that 157 million, 140 million of it actually came from the M50. So the M50 is clearly the busiest toll across the country. Uh, the M50 toll, by the way, is operated by Concession Limited. Now, remember, these are public-private partnerships, so they're still owned by the state, but they're run by private companies uh, to make a profit. Eurolink owned the um, uh, the M3. Celtic Roads Group have owned the one there in Dundalk. Uh, I'm looking at some of the other ones here. The one, the, Pi- uh, the Port Leash Bypass is Celtic Group again. Uh, the N25 Waterford Bypass is the Celtic Roads Group again. Um, when we see Direct Route, they own the one, the M7 and the M8 in Limerick and Fermoy. Then you've got Concession, who own the M50, own the one in Ballon Slow. And Direct Route own the one in uh, Gort in Tume as well. Eurolink, by the way, own the one, the M4 and the M6 tolls. Right, so they're all operated 
and run and maintained by private companies who make quite a substantial amount of money, let's be clear about that, uh, and employ probably a substantial amount of people too. Um, but they are, of course, the money, any profits that are made after the private company make their money goes back to the state as well. Uh, let me go to Robbie. Robbie, you're in Ireland's Classic Kids Radio. How are you doing, Robbie? Yeah, you know, I tell you, I drove in the Batmobile when he said 650 quid a week. Hey, no, a month, I meant, I meant a month. Yeah, a few just... people text in and said 650 a week, what's he driving? I know. But uh, I remember when the, when the original M50 Tollbridge came in when it was Dublin Corporation and Redmond was the uh, the Dublin City Manager at the time and it was only supposed to be a temporary... Uh, Ten years or something, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, pay, yeah. the pay for the M50 was the... Was the reason behind it in the first place? Well, it was, it was called the West Link in those days. The West Link, yeah. yeah. I think Dublin City Council only owned the one down in Ringdale. Um, that's the only one. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I'm looking here. Yeah, that's the only one that's actually in pu- full public ownership. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, it's, it's getting back to like what you were saying about the uh, transport and like that that policy that you were talking about has it actually reeks of green policy. You know, tax every driver to the hill to try and get them off the road. Well, there's one thing myself and my wife always know is when we go away to other European countries, and I was saying this the route as well, was that, like, I mean, the infrastructure is embarrassing when we go away. The transport infrastructure, I should say, is embarrassing when we go away, how good it is compared to what we have here. Now, like, you remember back as well, as I do, Noel, they have been talking about doing the um, metro, or whatever the hell they called it originally, and since I was roots age, as I said, we're again. Yeah. Like, you know, and we're great at talking about things, but actually getting around and doing something. Now, that's a different story altogether. But the Metro I mean, plan has changed about 20 times. And the rest. By the way, I'm not too sure how true this is, but somebody told me when they built that hotel in Ballymun, it was the Hilton Hotel or whatever it is in Ballymun, that in the basement there's actually a, a metro station because the plan in the future was to have a train or a metro that would run underground as far as that hotel. So they actually have the station is actually in the basement. It was built there at the time. Jeez. That was twenty oh, years that. ago. <laughs> you know, they built the two train stations around the corner from me, and which is going to be now Clonbrotus, which is in the news because it's the nine thousand housing units that's going to be built on it. But they built that around 2007, and one of the train stations is sitting there idle since. Yeah. And there hasn't been there hasn't been a person in the car park using it. Like, it's just mind-boggling, like, the stuff that they do. Now, obviously, it'll be put into use when they build Lombardus. But the thing is that if the, if the Greens in the government are going to want to tax people and tax people and tax people, people need to see some see some comeback on top of that as well. You know, because, again, we, we, we have back to it, and... Where we're always hard back to is because everybody's saying in Noel is that our transport infrastructure is crap. You know, and it, you know when, when we look at it and we really do look at it, the amount of money that we put into these things in the country, we're really not getting value for money for anything, you know. I mean, what's I, I don't know, Robbie, because I don't use public transport, but what's the general yeah. consensus, say, of Dublin bus? I've heard people say they're looking at the app, the bus will be here in three minutes, and then it vanishes off the app and the bus disappears. So, yeah, what, um, so what's the general consensus? Is it a good system? I mean, is it reliable? I, if you're using it for work every day, can you rely on getting to work on time in a bus? Well, I can only go by what my daughters tell me. Uh, we, we have quite a decent bus um, route up around Lucan, you know, and um, originally when I was younger, I was in Crumlin, and every bus in Ireland went through Crumlin, down by Our Lady's Hospital, you know, but uh, the girls say that uh, the, the buses seem to be fairly regular, you know, but the problem is that they do be jammers, because they go from, say, town to Liffey Valley, and then in through Lucan, and then up to oh, okay. um, Adamstown, and if you don't get them at a certain time, 
you're knackered, you have to wait for maybe two or three buses after that. Right, but okay. Still, though, it's a reliability on the buses, and it's the same thing with the Camille Dublin Airport. If you, you don't get a taxi, or you're knackered till you get a taxi, you know, and that's something that we need to look at because... Oh, it's uh, a, a, Dublin Airport is a joke, by the way. The very fact that we don't have a proper public transport system out of a national airport into a city is unbelievable. But but happens. mind you, the taxi drivers would be too pleased about that if there was one. No, no, the taxi drivers are great and they're doing their job. And well, I, I don't think, don't think the, the taxi drivers would be too pleased if we ran a metro, for example, or some underground train from Dublin Airport into the city. The taxi drivers wouldn't be happy with that, would they? I don't know. We don't know. But like, I mean, the taxi drivers are the ones who are getting all the slack because they're not given the Okay, well, look, well, back to the main question because I'm running out of time here. And I'm going to go to Jared very quickly. Do you think we should get rid of the tolls and put a national charge on everybody on their motor tax? No, well, I think we should get rid of the tolls anyway, and I think the government should do what they're supposed to do: put proper infrastructure into the country that we need because they're not doing it. Okay, stay there for a second. Let me go to Jared as well. Jared, you're an Ireland's classic at radio. Hey, you, Jared. Good, Ger. I mean, yeah, yeah, you've listened to all the sorts of opinions here today in relation to what we should and shouldn't be doing. But what should we be doing? I haven't. I'm rather missing a few of them. But I personally, I think though, what's going on here is very insidious. Like there's something sneaky behind it. As Robbie said, there, Greens are trying to get us off the road and out of cars. Well, that's I, yeah. There's no doubt about that. They've admitted that. I think it's also going to be limiting where you can go. Just personally, that's my future down the road. Like you know, what do you mean limits where you can go? You, you won't be allowed into certain areas unless you pay X more amount of money. Well, well, that, so we yeah, well, that is the plan. Congestion charges. In other words, if you want to drive into Dublin, you'll have to pay a tenner, maybe. Yeah. That's so, all so a plan. That's, that's part of the plan. Where you're going, yeah. And I basically, I know this is a side one, but it's all unconstitutional. Well, how is it unconstitutional? You have the right to travel, and they're restricting you traveling. Well, you, no, you, you do. No, they're not stopping you from traveling. You can cycle, you can walk, you can run. But if you want to drive your car, they're charging a congestion charge. Under the constitution, you can fly if you want. You, you well, no, you can't. Under the constitution, the constitution gives you that gives you freedom and the right to move around the country, but it doesn't give you the right to drive a car. I can't do it. Yeah, a car is not mentioned in the constitution. Exactly. <laughs> no, but what I'm what I'm saying to you is the government do have the right to restrict where a car can go. Well, you know, I, I am, I know, I am being a bit flippant here. Yeah. Based, but I, I do think this it's a bit behind the sky, Jeremy. Fairness, you know, the idea that you're, you're suggesting to me that the government don't have the right to tax you on driving a car, they do. Well, look, look, we've we've whole different arguments about that story, but um, it's not an argument. There's no debate in that. Of course, there's a debate in that. There's oh. a debate in everything. You know, as you say, there's no debate. You've lost a debate. Of course, there's a debate. But anyway, what I'm saying is, I do think this is about restriction of movement, and it is stopping people going where they don't want you to go. And I know that's a conspiracy theory line. Uh, that's yeah, what I think. I don't know where you're going. I don't know where you're at. Jerry, we can, we can debate about whether people should be charged uh, or whether, you know, taxes are fair or that's the right way to do things. But the very idea that you're telling me that the government are somehow, there's some sort of conspiracy that the government don't want you to move around the city. You know, that's, well, they don't. So you're telling me that there'll be a point in time where I won't even be allowed to walk into a city? Well, there was a point last year when you couldn't do it. Oh, I mean, that, was, so that, yeah, that was during, I, didn't, I personally didn't agree with lockdowns, but that was during COVID. We're talking about in general. I think, yeah. I think, Jerry, I think you're maybe reading a little bit too much stuff or something like that. Maybe, maybe so. I'm not disagreeing yeah. with you. I'm just yeah. saying that's, it, it's not. You've no constitutional right to drive a car, by the way. You don't have a constitutional right to drive a car. You have, you have a constitutional right to freedom and to move around the country as much as you want. And yes, there is arguments that during lockdowns that constitutional right has been taken away, that liberty is taken away from you. But in relation to driving a car, the government do have the right to tax you on driving that car. 
Well, they have the right to charge taxes. You might not agree right. with them. The road tax is what we pay at the moment. That's what we should be paying. We shouldn't be paying oh, coal and we shouldn't be paying additional. The road okay. tax, leave it at that. All right, yeah. thanks, Chair. Thanks. That was great. Great input. Uh, the number is 087 i got to take a break. Robbie, thank you very much indeed as well. Loads of people, by the way, text again. No, I think it's a bonkers idea, the very idea that you would punish people uh, by charging everybody the same amount of money because now everybody uses the road in the same way. I would agree with you to some extent. It's almost like the idea of putting it on petrol, I suppose, or diesel, as we mentioned earlier on, that would unduly penalise people who unfortunately live maybe in rural Ireland or parts of the country where they have to go a long way to get to work. So it's all very, very difficult to kind of balance it out and, and have a fair system. But the bottom line is, things do have to be paid for. And you do have to have charges of some to some degree, unless you want to charge people 60% income tax or something like that, which would pay for everything. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Ireland's classic hit.